This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> Wrong movie. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 384 with a review of Spectre. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, Bond is back. He is doing some secrety, missiony type stuff. And we are here to talk about it. Um, so how are you doing this fine evening, Mr. Stephen Miller? Uh, been better. <laughs> Work is getting a little crazy. I, I feel like we've actually put this podcast a little on the, not on the back burner, but this time last year, I feel like we were recording like two or three episodes a week for a while. Yeah, and it, like so. it, every once in a while we get we get a, a little spurt of multiple films, but yeah, it seems like we've had uh, to to adjust <laughs> some things a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's it's cool. We're, we're we're back. We're here. We're talking about the biggest film. Oh, the, the greatest film. <laughs> the greatest film that's ever existed. No, um, th- this is like finally a big release. We've been talking recently about a, thing, a lot of things that, you know, weren't getting full wide releases that maybe not everybody could see at the time that we were talking about it. But uh, this one, for sure, if you live anywhere near a theater, you should be able to talk about this, um, mm-hmm. whether or not you have a license to kill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I-, I got nothing. <laughs> I forget right. the follow-up line to that. Uh, a license to kill is a license to mercy. So you could not see the movie. Yeah, it's also a license not to kill. It's deep. It's some RoboCop wisdom right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so what? what is your connection to the Bond franchise in general? Um, one, uh, Miller, Stephen Miller. If you're talking about the classic Bond, pretty much zero. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen like, I've seen scattered movies, of course, like, I know I've watched them on TV. I watched them with my dad, but Bond was never like a staple of my life. <laughs> um, I liked the first movie a lot. Thought the second movie was like mind-blowingly bad, <laughs> g- given how much hype there was surrounding it. And now, now we're talking about the Daniel Craig Bonds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're jumping to the future now. <laughs> should make that clear. Um, but but I should say like when I measured Daniel Craig Bond. It, has nothing to do with does he hearken back to the good old days like there are no good old days for me um i get the reference but that's about it like there's no joy in me seeing an aston martin driving around just <laughs> by virtue of itself yeah 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 uh otherwise i really dug skyfall um i saw that one in a crowded movie theater in tokyo where all the trailers before it were dubbed and that was just a great time (laughs) something about that environment made all the cheesy bad hacking programming what uh, (laughs) (laughs) you just you're really just gonna bail out of it (laughs) just completely bail all right well i'll try to rescue you from that sentence um, I, I've been a fan of, of the Bond franchise in general for a while, mostly just because I like, you know, Bond, the character of Bond. Ba- basically, I like... I like bondage. A- uh, yeah, I like bondage. Um, no, but I, I like uh, secrety agent-y stuff. I like gadgets. I like, you know, just espionage in general. And Bond was always really, really fun. Um, most of my experience of Bond 
like the first time I was really seeing like Bond films in the theater was like Pierce Brosnan Bond era. Um, but besides that, it was mostly like on like TNT when they had just like marathon. It's like every, it felt, felt like every weekend there was just a James Bond marathon. And that's where I kind of got my initial start uh, of watching all the films. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen Quantum of Solace still to this day. Um, the one that everybody, <laughs> yeah, everybody universally hates the film. Um, it, it came out during the writer strike, um, or at least the, the 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 script was written during the writing strike. <laughs> so that tells you how much uh, effort was put into that. Um, but uh, I never saw it. It was one of the things where I missed it and then everybody hated it. So I just sort of never got around to seeing it. Um, but I was a huge fan of Casino Royale and Skyfall. And I was, I was kind of excited to have uh, this next installment in the series. Um, but uh, yeah, that brings us to this point. We've both seen the film, and now we're going to talk about it. So should we get into it? Yeah, but first we should watch a trailer. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to uh, watch the trailer in our minds as we hear the audio from the trailer. And then we're going to come back and give everybody a review. You had no authority. None. Mexico City. What were you doing there? I was taking you some overdue holiday. So what's going on, James? They say you're finished. What do you think? I think you're just getting started. Magnificent, isn't she? Zero to 60 in 3.2 seconds. A few little tricks up her sleeve. Do one more thing for me. What do you have in mind? Make me disappear. He's everywhere. If you go there, you're crossing over to a place where there is no mercy. You're protecting someone. Get away from me! Why should I trust you? Because right now, I'm your best chance of staying alive. This organization... Do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. Do you know who links them all? Me. Welcome, James. You came across me so many times, yet you never saw me. What took you so long? really what you want living in the shadows hunting being hunted always alone i don't stop to think about it it was me james the author of all your pain All right, so that is the trailer for uh, Spectre, the newest James Bond film. It is about a secret agent uh, by the name of Ethan Hunt. Oh, sh- I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry, James Bond. 
he works for an organization called uh what is it? The IMF? No, no, no. Shoot, it's MI six. No, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's some, some another three letter acronym. Um, he's trying to hunt down a shadow organization um, known as the Syndicate. No, no, no. It's uh, Spectre. Spectre. That's what it is. Um, yeah, we we're talking about the new James Bond movie, and uh, that's really all you need to know. There's there's a bad guy. James Bond is trying to hunt him down. Um, he's lost some people in his past, and uh, possibly the people he's trying to hunt. Maybe responsible for that stuff. I don't know. Um, but, uh, Stephen, did you like this movie? Only, like, the bare minimum. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple days ago, I watched the new Jurassic World movie, finally, after, right. like, <laughs> months of never catching up with it. And what what struck me about that after it was over was how, like, completely joyless it felt to me. Like... <laughs> It just felt so going through the motions with absolutely no care taken. <laughs> and I feel like Bond is pulling at Jurassic World now. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like, this movie was all explosion, action sequence, and throwback to old school Bond. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, is this happening again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if people will know because I'm pretty sure I edited around it. But we had one episode where where Stephen just had a gnarly coughing fit through the whole episode. Yeah, I think that was um, the David Foster Wallace one. <laughs> uh-huh. But but anyway, yeah. This so James Bond is not a sympathetic character here at all, which is fine. Like the franchise has made him a not sympathetic character. He's like a womanizer he's a killing machine he's just insanely good at what he does oh but but steven he has to be a womanizer because he can't let himself get close to women <laughs> i mean don't you see it's just really just a wall a barrier that he puts up to protect him and ladies i know it's beautiful <laughs> but, but then the, <laughs> the corollary of that is that people he meets and has about like four minutes of screen time with are supposed to be like high stakes love interests that are that are supposed to mean something by the end of the movie yeah and you you just don't believe that here. So, okay, like, you alluded pretty obviously to how this and Rogue Nation have a whole lot in common. <laughs> pretty much everything in common. I, I feel bad because I know the production schedules of these movies, like, they can't have really taken the ideas from each other unless they have spies. Ooh, meta spies. <laughs> oh, wow, crazy. Um, now, I, I want to believe that they were filming in, like, studios right next to each other, and the crew each day just accidentally walked into whatever building, like, they were walking into, and they just worked on the movie, and that's why both movies are the same. <laughs> they're both filming Ferrari chases down cobblestone streets, like, <laughs> two days apart in the yeah. same location. Um, But, yeah, so I was trying to think, like, what makes Bond special among all of this? Um, and it it can't be better than Mission Impossible or Fast and Furious by being bigger. Like, those movies are ridiculous. <laughs> those movies are, like, giant, nonstop action thrill rides. And they're way more popcorn flicky than this movie. Yeah. Like, the thing that makes James Bond unique is knowing when to stop. Like, knowing how to be cool, slick, subdued without only going over the top like it has to feel like there's some i don't know some code of ethics or some rules that are being followed or some like 
you need to respect them somehow, even if they're doing terrible things. Like, there's some suave aspect to it. Yeah. And this movie just did not know how to stop. I mean, it had, like, fake deaths. It had a helicopter, a plane, a car, a train, a ski lift, (laughs) exploding (laughs) building. It literally had anything you can think of, like, any set piece where a spy would be. Oh, oh, oh. that was the one difference from uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. No motorcycle chase. That's true. There was no motorcycle chase. Was still a high-speed car chase, but I'll give you no motorcycle. And there's no big, big swimming scene. Emphasis on big. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it, it feels like this movie is doing what the Avengers and everyone else is doing, where they just go more and more over the top as if that is going to further your franchise. And nowhere in the proceedings did I feel invested in it or a part of it. I mean, I was having enough fun to laugh when a ridiculous thing happened or there are good, a few good like character moments where they really wink at the ridiculousness of the Bond character. Uh, but for the most part, it was just a pretty joyless experience to me. It was just... We're going to make a spy movie. These are all the beats. The reveals aren't even going to feel like big reveals because you know they're coming. We're not trying to flesh them out. We're not going to make them devastating to any character. I don't know. It's a pretty moderate letdown, which isn't to say it's terrible. Like If you just like watching Bond for the sake of Bond, I'm I'm sure the old movies don't all look great either, but... I don't know. It just feels redundant to me with everything else that's come out. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, it's, it's really unfortunate for, for maybe both films, but mostly just for Spectre that it came out after Mission Impossible. Just because, like, it's hard for me to separate watching the film how closely the two films relate in like complete plot. Um, just, just everything about it, it it just, it just feels completely like a copy. But, but, but I try to separate myself from that the real problem for me is um i don't like i don't know there's a way i could watch this film and take the you know the reveals to be super impactful but the problem is that it all feels sort of just like a big huge retcon where they sort of Mm -hmm. just go like oh all those other movies are also this like but you know before we left the office today you you had sent me a link about some crazy theories about um batman, <laughs> batman v superman, v superman. And, and v is very important yeah, there, the, by the, the way. v is the most important part of it um but no like i was reading this article and i would just like i would just i read a paragraph and turn to you and just shake my head and then read a paragraph and like send you a message in hip chat and then like read another paragraph and then just like shake my head at myself and it felt like sure Sure, I'll let you just say that all this stuff exists in the same universe and that it's all responsible based on whatever reason. But when I'm sitting here watching a Bond movie, this film, like Bond isn't being Bond at any point in time. He's sort of just, I need to go rogue and find this guy who will lead me to a girl, who will lead me to a guy who may be responsible for some stuff. And like that's sort of... There's no greater plan going on, and like it's it's interesting too if you look back to the comparison between this and Rogue Nation, because in Rogue Nation, the syndicate is literally an anti-IMF, right? There mm-hmm. are like far-reaching like um, ramifications for this organization still existing, and um, there's a like 
in in both films, the organ the three letter organization that the spy agent works for, like their program, like the double O program, is being discontinued. Much like the Impossible Missions Force organization was being discontinued in the in the the past movie, but like in that movie, it was being discontinued because of things that actually like happened in the previous film. In this film, they referenced the opening of the film as one of the reasons, but that's not like it was already being closed down. This was just more evident, like a, the final nail in the coffin was like, oh yeah, you blew a bunch of shit and stole a helicopter or whatever. So it's like there's there's this weird um, shit. I just totally lost my thought. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think even just you listing that, the sheer number of movies that have that exact premise of this is a sequel, now we're taking stock of what the characters have done and why they wouldn't be so great, why people wouldn't like them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're going to have a movie devoted to their potential demise. Like, it, it's just so routine. Yeah, yeah, but but like I'm I'm fine with the routineness of that. I mean, even even Rogue Nation was sort of a retread of the exact same things that happened in Ghost Protocol, the film that came before it. So it's like I can't. I'm not really faulting it for that. I'm mostly faulting it for the for the chance of like the only, like they basically invent a character who supposedly has existed through the other films. We just didn't know it, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. Like it's in the trailer. Like Christoph Waltz's character is like, I was there, but you didn't see me. <laughs> like he's just he's just talking. <laughs> Once again, I'm failing to do that impression, which I did so good before we recorded. I should have saved so it. So good. Um, but like it it like they're just oh yeah, this character was there and he's a bad guy and like maybe he's responsible for stuff? Question mark. And like you can't just like invent a character and have him claim responsibility for the events of all the other films, <laughs> and then and then call that a movie. Like like that that's the definition of retconning. Like it it's it'd be one thing if like if they even tried to pull like a Back to the Future two where you see like flashbacks to all these events in the other films, and then he was just around the corner or something, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like in he's the one playing Johnny Be Good. <laughs> Exactly. No, but like in in like the Half Life games, right? You know, like the weird the, the the old man guy who like while you're playing the game, you can see him at different times in the game, like just in the distance or like walking across a catwalk or you know, like you're you, all they needed to do was like plant that or like imagine if he was actually in those other parts in those other films, right? Like mm-hmm. even if they took the same scene and just recreated it and inserted him in the background where he wasn't before, but the scene is clearly the same scene. Like I don't know, I don't know what they could have done, but it just. It feels so cheap in this film that like I was watching it and I was I was thinking like ignore ignore uh Rogue Nation. Pretend like this doesn't feel like a retread and just put on paper the reveals of this film and take them as they are. And I was like, I could see a world where like if this was revealed in the course of one film, like events happen and then by the end of the film you find out stuff. It could possibly work. Like, on paper, it feels like nothing in this film is committing a crime. But then, mm-hmm. like, when I'm watching it, it just, it, it, it just, it just feels like a, a cheat. Like, this is the movie that should have come out during the writer strike. You know, where it feels like right. we'll we'll just take one little idea and kind of string along a movie to buy us time so we can do the next one. Um, I also want to talk about. Uh, I want to have a little spoiler section at the end because I want to talk about events at the end of this film. And I know that like, there's been a lot of talk of like Daniel Craig not really wanting to do Bond after this movie. 
um, mm -hmm. anymore. And they could have done interesting things with the end of this film to like facilitate that not happening right and there's also like going back to conspiracies and stuff like there, there's a lot of people who theorize that all the bond films take place in the same universe and it's not just a different actor playing bond but that bond is not actually a person it's this identity and that mm -hmm. anybody is a bond and like all the all the different actors who have played bonds were actually just people designated as bond but all exist in, in this one world so like they had a chance at the end of this film to make that be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then Daniel Craig could leave and a new person could come in and be Bond. But then they don't do that. And I really don't understand why. Like, like maybe there's... I, a... I think it's just a lack of commitment <laughs> of not, not wanting to put themselves in any corner that they can't but, but escape if... from with a Bond 6 down the road. Yeah, but, but, but it feels like they were writing it that way. Like, they were writing... They were trying to write a way where, like... Daniel Craig just had to sign on the dotted line and then he would be written out of the series, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like they could have gone for it, but instead they, they don't. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about that more in this weather section, but it's things like that, that kind of like, that was sort of the one thing that made me start to sort of come around by the end of the film. Like, oh, are they going to do this? Like, this would be pretty cool. But then of course they don't. So. Yeah. But even that, and we'll talk about it in spoilers, like, like so much of the movie, it feels like they're, they're telegraphing beats that you've seen before. And because they know you've seen them, they don't have to do them anymore. <laughs> like, so they're telegraphing the beat at the beginning of the movie of, hey, there's a big bad organization that's going to do something terrible. And because of that, they never need to make you actually feel the weight of how terrible whatever is going to happen is going to be. <laughs> um, and they telegraph this thing of Bond could have a way out of the game. He could have a reason for leaving. But I feel like they they just shortcut the moment where they motivate that. They just like have to show you a few a few lines and a few moments of the character staring and doing something and then you're like, "Yep, okay, I got it. I get what you're doing." And though the whole movie to me just felt like a bunch of I get what you're doing <laughs> moments. Well, the, the the funniest part about that is like for this, like, Daniel Craig, the actor in real life, wants to leave, I guess, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, in, in, in Rogue Nation, they do a, a, a similar thing where the character himself wants to get out of this, right? Like, the, the character himself dreams of a world in which he could escape this life. And uh, at the end of the film, that's a possibility. And they, they, they leave it open for whether or not that's happening, right? Right. So, in this film... They don't, they don't even try to be ambiguous about it. <laughs> they straight up say no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I guess you could sort of argue that it's semi-ambiguous based on our ambiguous conversation about items that Q <laughs> builds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, in, in a very similar way to a scene earlier in the film where you don't necessarily know exactly what a device does based on the, the, the quick description he gets. If, if you're Christopher Schnazy. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we, we can get into it later. Um, but... I don't know. I, I just feel like the 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 only thing they could have copied from Rogue Nation that I would have been fine with it being identical to was the one thing they didn't copy. And I'm not talking about motorcycle chase. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I just I just can't in my head, or, or I can't. I just can't wrap my head around the idea of like what the motivation for the film in general is and like where they're trying to go with it. Besides like burning a film 
to reset the plot, I guess. I don't, I yeah. don't know. Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really feel like they didn't commit to that. Um, I feel like they didn't commit to anything. This easily could... Not only could this be the movie that was written during the writer's strike, this could have been movie number two. Like, it just feels like a filler to me. It feels like it doesn't actually further the character of Bond or the world that he lives in, except for taking away the possibility of a future identical organization showing up. Yeah. Like, because it already used that plot line. And, and here's the thing, too. Like, in the syndicate... Or in the syndicate, in in, <laughs> in Rogue Nation with the syndicate, there is more of a sense that one man is really like without that one man in place, the whole syndicate goes away, right? Right. That that like that's really the sense. So it's like okay, well, if we can take out this one guy, we can end everything. With Spectre, it's a full organization with a hierarchy of. Like, like, there's one person who's like, you know, the prime minister of Spectre or something, right? Who, who's like a little bit more important than everybody else. But there's clearly like a a system of 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 rank in which you can even challenge the person above you to take their place, right? Right. Like we we see that in in like the lower ranking assassins area. So, in what universe where an entire mansion is full of like. 50 people that are part of an organization who are like sitting on an earnings call basically like yeah. they're they're sitting there talking about everything they have in place and how well it's going and the job of our hero is to take out one guy who would immediately be replaced the second the rest of the organization knew that he was taken out right right nothing makes it clear and i'm afraid of giving away too much now nothing makes it clear that he is the originator or the particularly brilliant person behind anything no well, <laughs> he's he, just a he, position he, he says himself i'm the architect of your pain <laughs> right yeah so he says it he could just be talking about crafts with red yeah. string everywhere that's <laughs> <sighs> frustrating steven yeah it is and i i don't it's just all the all the turns in this movie too i know it isn't fair to just compare it over and over to Rogue Nation, which, by the way, I did not drool over when we reviewed that movie either. <laughs> um, though in hindsight, it's faring a lot better right now. You, you um, also didn't see Ghost Protocol. So that film, right. which, which gives you no like easy passage into the second film without having seen the first, like I, I feel you were at a disadvantage. But anyways, continue. It's true. But if you just start comparing performances, like who would have thought that Christoph Waltz and Sean Harris playing the same character sean harris would do a better villain like, <laughs> like that's just crazy christoph waltz was born to play this kind of character at least typecast thanks to quentin tarantino yeah but but i mean i i think i've even said in past reviews that i want him to play a bond villain someday like like yeah. the closest we got was him being the villain in uh green hornet but like <laughs> right. i was like waiting for him to like he is the perfect perfect bond villain and instead he's just like I'm pretty sure he shot all the scenes like in one day. <laughs> was... Yeah, and I, I can't, I can't blame him. He's just not given anything to do. He's given no terrifying attribute. Yeah, as far as I can tell. Um, and I mean, talk about like if there were supposed to be a kick-ass woman in this movie, like people made a big deal about Monica Bellucci apparently being in it, and Leah Sado. I'm sure I'm pronouncing her name wrong. Like 
no one is even close to Rebecca Ferguson in terms of actually doing anything in this movie. Yeah, yeah not like, at all. Like, they just don't even try. It's just yet again another conquest for James Bond to have because all women in James Bond movies are random, unmotivated conquests. And and that's the worst part, too, is because she, in theory, is like the Rebecca Ferguson character, except for the fact, like, like the way they tell that is a scene where James Bond tries to explain to her how a gun works, and then she, like... Pulls the clip out, ejects the one thing from inside the gun. Obviously, I don't even know that much about guns, what it's called. Yeah. But, uh, you know, pops the one left in the chamber out. And then he goes, I don't need to teach you anything about a gun, do I? And then, like, cut, end scene. Like, that that was her chance to be badass. Yeah, I mean, she's more like the female character in Kingsman, like, demoted even more <laughs> in yeah, terms yeah. of, like we're acknowledging that this is a cool person now let's not do anything because of course the hero has to be the hero yeah um, which... also there's a weird scene where like they go to some place and uh she's drinking and then she goes to sleep in all of her clothes and then <laughs> wakes up in a nighty. <laughs> she wakes up in a nighty, and i was like there's not even like she doesn't even like I'm pretty sure there's other films of a similar nature where the girl wakes up and then she's like, did you put me, like, did you take off my clothes and put me in this? You know, like, so mm-hmm. I just, like, there's no acknowledgement to it. And maybe there's a scene cut out, but like she wakes up and he's like drunk punching a wall <laughs> and she's just in a nighty. And she, she wasn't just clothes. She was wearing like a coat, if I remember properly. Maybe not. Right. Maybe, maybe it was just a dress. But it, but it's just, it's, it was clearly a different dress. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was... It was much more clothes than she had on before she woke up. And it's just it's just extremely disturbing. And and that's another thing is I get I get that to make a Bond movie that is like a throwback acknowledgement of Bond, like this kind of rampant, seductive what whatever is a thing that is there. Like, you know, the intro will have this kind of weird, sexy music video and uh characters are going to just be immediately in love with him and everyone is going to be very sensual and wear slick outfits and flowing dresses but here it it felt like a parody that wasn't trying to be funny but it was acknowledging that it was a parody because it knows like in 2015 nobody can watch this seriously (laughs) but i like i don't know what it was trying to hit it didn't it didn't veer for the fun or ultra self-aware too much but then it also undermined itself if it was trying to make you believe any of it i don't know i don't know where it fits i i don't know if maybe like the classic bond bond is just like overdone in 2015 <laughs> like maybe i don't know maybe maybe daniel craig shouldn't come back I, I don't really see any more to do with the character like this. Well, see, it, it's so, you know, my my original joy of watching Bond films and stuff existed in a world where there was there was like a single or not so great uh, follow up um, Mission Impossible films. Right. Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like Mission Impossible one. Super awesome. Mission Impossible two. Not so awesome. But like the like the bond franchise was okay you got an agent with lots of swagger the ladies like him like it, it's basically it, it's it's um austin powers right right like and, and there there is a funness to that and and then there's there's really a sense that like 
a guy who's super arrogant will get himself pretty much caught by the bad guy and then escape and defeat the bad guy, right? That's sort of like the whole thing. But like mm-hmm. in a world in a world where we have Mission Impossible films where like an entire crew of charismatic people who are really fun and really good at their job, not just like a womanizer who is like proficient in his job but like isn't really a character so much as like just this like sex Force. object to the people yeah. around him. Like it, it's it's it just it that alone can't do it anymore like the gadgets aren't that cool and the the action isn't that actionful <laughs> anymore to to really sustain the film being as important as something like the mission impossible franchises i mean those are all stories of like th- those are not just an action movie not just a take out the bad guys movies not just uh like an espionage movie uh, they're also a heist movie, you know, they're also like, there's so many different things and they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the Bond films sort of just stay the same. And in reboot, which, go ahead, which would be okay, but it feels like they're competing on that bigger and bigger scale. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Like I would be fine with the Tinker Tailor soldier spy version of this movie. <laughs> like, I don't care if it is huge. You want it to be like, there are moments in this movie that I think are still very cool. I like, um, for the most part, Dave Bautista's character and the kind of menace that he brings. Like, I I feel like it could have done some cool things building that a little more. Um, I like the slick Bond style of fighting in this kind of, like, dark, gray world that they live in, and- where it is a little more dark and a little less jokey. That, that, but, that, real, real fast. That's another thing that was that was a uh, a retread between um, the Spectre and uh, Rogue Nation is that there there is a much larger, more formidable opponent that the hero hits doing very little damage and then has to figure out some way to overcome because right. he's outsized by his opponent. Yeah, but I'll just say that's almost every <clears throat> movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there, it, it just it's just funny that that like that guy keeps coming back in the other film. And yeah. he's like seemingly won't die, and the, like he's basically a Terminator. And in this film, there's the same thing, right? <laughs> he just right. keeps the, showing the up. exact same thing. Yeah, it's just I, I don't know how I would have made a movie like this to work. All I know is it would need to be way more about style and less about going big. Like there, there are hints that they wanted to do that too. Like I thought. The the movie opens with a really long take, or at least it's supposed to feel like a really long take. And it felt like most of the Bond openings, it felt like it was trying to be some big immediate thing that's just like bringing you into this world. But even there where you could see Sam Mendes trying to do something, it, I was just so removed from it. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm watching... A play. I'm watching characters act out James Bond. I'm not watching a world that anyone believes exists anymore. Yeah. I feel ya. Well, should we get to uh, verdicts then in spoilers? Sure. All right, let's start with our verdicts then. Uh, Steven, if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it a pass with a caveat. I think, like... If you like the Bond movies, you, you've definitely seen worse than this. Like, Quantum of Solace was a much worse movie than this was. <laughs> um, and honestly, I can't 
I can't say why a movie like Skyfall I dug so much more. I, I can point at a little things like the Bond character felt more meaningful there and the set pieces were a little bit more fresh, but in general I don't I don't really know the formula. All I know is this one felt very tired and formulaic and I can't really imagine anyone watching this and leaving the theater and going, Holy crap, that was so good. <laughs> I, I just don't imagine any person thinking that. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely not going to happen. Um, I I feel like I should grade on a curve and just pretend like I don't know that Rogue Nation <laughs> exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like there will be more Bond movies whether or not Daniel Craig is a part of them. And if he is a part of them, this film is going to have to play into that in some way. So wait for rental. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I feel like you, you, like as a completionist, you sort of have to see the film. I just don't think you could waste, you should waste your time or money to go out and see it in theaters. Wait till it's on Netflix or rental or whatever. Um, because I, I don't know, like it, it's, I guess it's important to know the state of the character at the end of the film, even though I don't even think they resolve whether or not the, uh, the uh the 007 program is supposed to come back at that point right <laughs> like, nope the film I, I don't ends so. and nobody says anything yeah i i don't think it gets resolved you should be clear though it isn't it isn't as bad as like mocking jay part one type of well see it because you have to see it <laughs> <laughs> like i presume you had some i presume you weren't angry watching this movie no, 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 like it, it was, it was a, it was a watchable film, I guess. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of just really blah movie. Yeah, and I, I'm not gonna try to steer people away from it, but it's definitely not worth seeing in theaters. So, wait for a rental. But uh, yeah, that um, this is going to be the end of the regular part of the show. Um, for those of you who haven't seen Spectre yet, um. I just don't. <laughs> well, don't yet, right? But, yeah, don't uh, yet. But we're going to close out the episode for, for you guys and then for the rest of you guys who've already seen it or just want to hear what we have to say in spoilers. Um, you can stick with us after the music fades up and then fades away. Uh, we're going to be in spoiler territory. So for now, for the people who are leaving, Stephen, why don't you let them know where they can find you? Yeah, well, if you don't have access to my smart blood files you can find me at twitter.com slash s david miller or s david miller.com and people can find me at christopher in real life.com or twitter.com slash christopher irl you can find the podcast over at the spoiler warning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show um if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at the spoiler warning.com you can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to this movie, Spectre. So hopefully you're enjoying that. As we said, that music will fade up in just a moment. And then when we come back, straight up spoiler territory for this B.
Alright, so we are back. This is spoiler territory for a review of Spectre. If you uh, don't want to be spoiled, then I don't know what you're doing here. You should be gone now, because we are going to spoil the crap out of this film. Um, but uh, yes, Stephen, where do you think we should start in this conversation? Oh boy, I don't know. Uh, I feel like drawing the many parallels to other movies might be not a useful exercise. <laughs> Plus, we'd have to give spoilers for <laughs> a rogue that, That's true. That's true. I, I don't know what, what was bothering you in particular. So, I mean, sh should I start for the biggest thing or kind of save that for the end? Let's start with the big one. All right. We're going to start with the big one then. And we'll just like taper out like we do most episodes. So, as I was teasing in the main part of the review, you know, Daniel Craig wants to leave the series. He's done with Bond, in theory, um, which he'll probably be back. But anyway, so there's got to be a way for him to exit. I also brought up the theories that all of the Bond films exist in one universe in which different people take on the role or the code name of James Bond and that it's not really one man, but a series of people taking on a role. Um, like whether that's meta or not, who cares? It's just each of the Bonds has been the new person who becomes Bond. It's sort of like in, in, uh, in uh, Men in Black, how like you be like your name goes away and you just become the letter, um, mm -hmm. which all the people in this organization become a letter too. <laughs> but anyways, or a number, or a number. Um, but so, at the end of this film, our hero, the person currently known as James Bond, uh, has a robot drill arm pointed at the back of his head, and our villain says. I'm not even going to try to do the voice now. <laughs> um, he says, like, oh, well, if I drill right here, basically all your memories go away. Like, you won't mm -hmm. recognize this girl who you met, like, 12 hours ago. And, uh, like, whatever. And the drill goes into his head. So, at this point, the person wants to leave. There are theories that the moniker... James Bond is really just something that can be bestowed upon any agent who achieves double O status. And uh, our hero just had a memory wiping drill shoved into the back of his head. It seems to me that you now have an easy exit to make him forget who James Bond is, who he is, and no longer be James Bond. And another agent can take his place for and all future films. win an award for the most anticlimactic point to end the movie. <laughs> of all time <laughs> true maybe but but either way like there, there is an easy graceful exit that not 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 was just teased but you have literally done but instead he throws the watch or he hands the watch to the girl girl throws the watch her one moment to be quote-unquote badass and show how good mm -hmm. she is she can slide a watch towards the bad guy which she doesn't even get it right next to him like <laughs> it's still far enough away that he's gonna survive it um and uh gets out of the chair and she's like, do you know who I am? And he's like, sure I do, baby. I never forget that face. <laughs> and it's like... I met you 20 minutes ago. And it's like, it's just, it's just oh, it's so dumb. If, not only is it is it dumb, but I I don't know what it was trying to build up to. Like, why does Christoph Waltz's character want to do this? What does this say about his master plan, his philosophy, his nihilism? Like, I don't understand why are you drilling into his brain trying to get rid of memory and sensory things like that isn't that isn't a part of your character that doesn't flow at all from the goal of specter 
from anything we've learned about you, unless I don't know about a big backstory. Well, the, of, the one thing you can argue is that he's systematically removed everything that James Bond holds dear, and now he's removing mm-hmm. James Bond from himself. Right. Yeah. But removing... Uh, obviously, Stephen, you haven't seen Shutter Island. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> but as a duly appointed federal reviewer, <laughs> I I just don't... I don't. I, I know that they have to set up situations in these movies where the villain clearly has the upper hand and is torturing or doing something to the main character, so the main character can then surmount the odds and escape. This movie does it twice. It, it does it with the needle in his brain, and then it does it with the building being blown up, which for whatever reason he just can't fathom that Bond will jump on the net that he left for him. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm assuming then I don't I don't even know why the net was there. I <laughs> it's so I, what, what I what I love is the idea that he his place gets blown up. I assume he blew it up on his own. I assume their big giant fortress, <laughs> a single gasping exploding, doesn't blow up the whole fortress. Well, no, no. no. Um, so so the building was being decommissioned because it blew up in the last movie, right? And it was rigged to explode the way a demolition crew would explode it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like, he, it wasn't like Joker style or Bane style where he had like set all these explosives. It was already rigged to explode. He was just setting off the, ex- the explosion that the demolition team had already set up. I see. So I'm assuming see, that the nets were there in case parts of the building fell while the crew was rigging it to explode. Right. I, I'm talking now though about the fortress in, uh, Tunisia oh, the, or wherever the, they are. The desert crater fortress. Yeah, the the one where Bond, on his way out in passing, shoots a gas canister, and then the whole fortress goes up in flames. Speaking of, isn't that the way they blew up the fortress in Quantum of Assaults, which I didn't see? I just feel like I there's think, a desert and an explosion. I think so. I, even though I saw it, I can't tell you anything about the plot. Even this movie talks about Quantum a few times, and I, it like only barely jogged my memory. Or wasn't it like hydrogen fuel cells? Does that sound familiar? Probably. I feel like there was some... like. Those are a thing. <laughs> I feel like it was some sort of like, some sort of like fuel energy tech in the middle okay. of the desert. Anyways, that's unimportant. Anyway, I love the idea. Christoph Waltz narrowly escapes. Bond has a head start on him. Basically, he is running away, thinking he had killed him already. <laughs> and then that night, as fast as they can, they got to London, and Christoph Waltz has been setting up pictures tied to strings. <laughs> <laughs> to make this grand like obstacle course riddler style <laughs> for bond to have to go through so a building can blow i imagine like he was at the top and he tried running just to make sure three minutes isn't going to be enough time i tested this let me draw a little arrow right here here's here, here's the thing though too that like i don't know if you thought this but like so these guys he's in a hood he's handcuffed he can't see, right? Like the mm-hmm. hood is tied around his, his neck and he's handcuffed. And these guys go, get in. And he like grabs their gun and shoots them and then like is able to like cut his way out of the, oh, it's not even handcuffed. It's like uh, zip ties. And he somehow breaks out of them, which he couldn't do before that moment, I guess. Um, and then he goes inside. But like when they were pushing him in there, he had a thing on his head. How would he know to look for the arrows? <laughs> like, 
I don't know. Right? It, like directions are in there, but they were, he was being walked at gunpoint with a hood over his head, so he couldn't read this. I don't know. Some, it seemed weird to me. But di- didn't he break out when he was still outside and then he walks into the building? Yeah, but presumably, presumably he would be pushed in and not know that the guys oh, were I, I with see, him. Oh, I see. I see. Like, yeah. I, 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 something about it seems silly, but that, that's, I mean, I'm sure either and, way and he then, could pull the mask off. So the way the movie is signaling to you that Bond might not be Bond anymore, or at least Daniel Craig won't be, is because of his enormous love for this character that he didn't love in any prior scenes. He wants to get out of the game. He's had enough. He's ready. And it'll telegraph that by having him not kill Christoph Waltz as if that means now I am not a part of the game anymore. Except for he's killed probably a hundred people in this movie. Yeah. Already. And I, it just feels so lazy to me when movies decide the one big bad villain that is like their Joker. Like that's the thing that they will never kill because they're trying to be honorable. (laughs) But that's the thing too, is like, like the actual Joker in the dark Knight. He doesn't say, decide between saving yourself and saving the girl, which in and of itself doesn't make any sense. Because if you if you have time to save, like, if you save the girl, then you saved yourself inherently, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. the choice is between just walking out, because there's plenty of time to walk out, and possibly dying as you try to save the girl. But, like, the right. Joker set up a thing of, you can only save one person at a time, who are you going to save, Right. I mean, even in even in the second Spider-Man movie, like, you know, Hobgoblin sets up, like, are you going to catch the, like, bus full of children or are you going to catch your girlfriend, right? It's, right. it's, it's this moral decision other than self-preservation. Uh, and this is a character who has lost everybody already. He's used to being alone. He's fine being alone. He goes on a much-needed holiday to blow other people up. Like, there's, there, I, I just, it's... Whatever. Well, this one is doing more of the Iron Man 3 dilemma, which is why not both? <laughs> like, I'm badass. I can save both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... And the thing is, I don't know what Christoph Waltz stands for. So it it's painting... It stands for evil. You know, he, <laughs> yeah, he's the architect of all of Bond's pain. He's the one, the big bad guy. He killed M. He killed everybody. But... You're told that in the movie, but you don't feel that. And Bond has barely had, you know, two days to register that fact. And so I just don't buy the idea that he would immediately be the grand antagonist that is like the symbol of Bond giving up, that he won't kill this person. Like Bond is not, I assume, (laughs) filled with blind rage at this guy. I feel like you couldn't even process it in that amount of time. And he always knew bad people were behind all the things that happened. I, I don't know. And and, and also, it, it doesn't feel like a payoff. But also, like I, I, I didn't even completely got to my original point that started this this tangent. But like continuing on this tangent, uh, when he finally finds the girl, like he he makes the good decision and he goes after the girl. When he opens up the thing that she's pinned behind, she is like freaking intertwined in primer cord like a mother. Like she is. <laughs> Like she, she looks like she's in like the Hobbit with the spider people or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like there's like, you can't get her out of that. Right. And he just is like, well, good thing I always carry this like Swiss army knife with me. And he just like cuts her out of the primer cord and then escapes. Like there's not even like a sense of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm on a pressure plate. If you move me, this stuff will trigger. Like there's no sense of, it's like, oh, well you won. 
now it's just a timer game that we're playing. Like it's, and and that's the other weird thing too, is the entire, uh, all the explosions are set up in one circuit, right? So by cutting her out, didn't they break the circuit? (laughs) So that's why I can't tell if they were all in the circuit or if it's just red string because Christoph Waltz has an artistic imagination. (laughs) Maybe. The string symbolizes the fuse. It isn't the fuse. Yeah. But so 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 back to the other thing is, so he already had the one chance to escape by wiping his memory, but they mm-hmm. they they bail out on that right. Then he says, you know, f- this shit. Let's take the old car and let's escape. Oh no no, no that that's 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 the way the movie ends. <laughs> but <laughs> let me let me backpedal a little bit. But yeah, so like when it ends, you're like, hey, he could be gone. We don't know where he is. And then he comes back in. He's like, well, I'm not gone. I'm back, and I'm here, and I need but one thing from you. I need this car, which is exactly how uh, <laughs> Rogue Nation ends, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the hero getting into a fancy car with the girl that he wants to leave the service to be with. Sure. Um, maybe. I don't know if that's how Rogue Nation I think, ends. I think Bond not. probably has the uh, the patent on that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, like, and then he drives away. But, like, you don't know, like, he... <laughs> He's in a car the Q built, like the, he has connection with him, right? Like it's yeah. And also, the day before that, when you see that car, it's just a freaking frame. Like there's no part of it that's actually a car. It's just it's just the frame of the car. And then the very next day is like Q. I need one thing from you, and you know what that is? My car. <laughs> Should have been the ending of Fast and Furious. Ah. <laughs> uh. I don't know, but but that, that's like the second time where it's like he's clearly not out out. He's no more out than you know anyone else. Is. Like I, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's a it, they could have put a real stamp on the end of this where he is fully out, and maybe the next movie is them trying to draw him back in, or mm-hmm. a, a, any, anything could happen, right? But like this this was their chance to allow for a new person to take over the series, and they didn't. Yeah, and on one final note, before I, I, I at least am going to be tapped out of things to talk about, um, I'm really tired of every spy movie now being about the drones, about surveillance, tr- trying to be topical and throwing in this conversation of, oh, look at what the government's doing. This is what we're heading towards. Yeah, It's just, it feels so lazy and not interesting and not thoughtful at all. Like here, they they just need to channel it. They just need to be like, oh no, you know, governments, surveillance, you get it, this is a bad thing, right? <laughs> we can all agree this is a big, terrible, bad thing that has to be destroyed. Well, the, it, it, I don't know, it's just like lazy screenwriting. The, the funny thing about it too is the whole the whole idea is that the syndicate got this lackey dude to try to push forward this legislation in the government to allow for this crazy building to be built, which will allow them to spy on everything in the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, while that guy thinks he's doing something good for the people of the world, um, in actuality, he's really building a system that the, that the, that specter can, you know, backdoor into to get everything they need done and Mm -hmm. accomplished. Um, So he goes like, this entire building comes online Tuesday 
and then the world will be ours. By the way, here's this recording that I made of your person who was in the middle of BFE who like nobody could find because he purposely was lost. But somehow I recorded this conversation on a burner phone that he had bought, even though our building isn't up and running yet. Like, well, the world is theirs, but it's going to be vaguely more theirs at midnight on Tuesday. <laughs> well, so, so like before that point, they could spy on one person at a time. But once the building goes live, they'll be able to spy on everyone at once. Mm-hmm. They, they, they didn't have the storage yet. So they can only listen in real time and record to a, like an analog tape recorder. We need those sweet, sweet 007 uh, Amazon server. <laughs> 00S3. They just don't make them like that in Tunisia. Oh, I don't know. It just it just seemed seemed kind of silly to me. Yeah, it, it seemed a lot like. Uh, like Samuel L. Jackson's plan in Kingsman. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I just, I'll, I'll say it one more time. I think the Mission Impossible series is, is better than the Japan series. It, I feel like it's so much more fun and they spend so much time telling us how the thing they're about to do is impossible and then doing it. And Bond is sort of just like, yeah, I'm Bond. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna bang her. I'm gonna shoot, shoot that guy, bang, bang everywhere, and uh, I'm Bond. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how many martinis can you drink <laughs> before like you're like, too many? It's it's over. Like I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. At least for sure, the latest Mission Impossible was a lot more fun than this. <laughs> yeah. So the real question then, last thing, you going to see the next Bond movie if and when it comes out? I'm seeing the next Hunger Games movie. I'm going to see the next <laughs> Bond one. Oh, I love it. But hey, I mean, I think I think clearly the next one has to be good, right? Casino Royale, Royale good. We have uh, Quantum of Solace, not so good. Skyfall, good. Uh, Spectre, not so good. So we're due for, we're on a, like a, a tick and a talk, right? Yeah, I think it works that way. Sweet. Well, uh, <laughs> should we just let that sit in stone and call it a night? I think so. All right. Um, well, thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening. If you're listening, uh, give us a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this Even is... the UK iTunes. Yeah, yeah. everybody. I mean, the, the people who are still with us now are our real true fans who will give us the most accurate uh uh and 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 helpful review i mean even if the review's not that great it'll still be helpful people can click this was helpful to me um <laughs> but yeah those will help us we haven't been asking for it but uh, i should really remind you guys to, to to give us a rating on itunes you actually don't have to leave a review you can just rate us and then leave it blank or don't write i don't know how it works <laughs> but review is better yeah review is good too but uh yeah i think we're gonna go then <laughs> see ya this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> Wrong movie. How do I live? How do I breathe? When you're not here, I'm suffocating. I want to feel love rushing my blood. Tell me, is this where I give it all up? For you, I have to risk it all. Cause the